You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Well, when showtime comes, you got no choice. So (laughs) welcome to day two from my new digs. Still have to put up soundproofing because I'm hearing, it sounds like I'm in an echo chamber. Um, um, uh, Welcome to the show. We got so much to talk about today. And I do, uh, before I get into the serious stuff, I have an important announcement to make, but I'm waiting for someone, (laughs) someone to join me to do that announcement. So before we get there, let me tell you what's going to go on today and see um, if he shows up. And again, this all just came together in the last, you know, five minutes, which is, uh, again, you know, before I moved from Florida, my showtime, I'd go on the air at 5 p.m. Eastern, which gave me all day to gather sound and video and information and news stories that I wanted to talk about and do my research. Well, now that I'm in Arizona, currently I'm, I'm mountain time, but um, it, because they don't do daylight savings time here, I'm on Pacific time. So anyway, regardless of all that, it's two o'clock here. <laughs> and so I lost three hours of prep time. And if you talk to David, he could tell you, my husband, he could tell you that when I'm in show prep mode, don't, don't even talk to me because I'm too busy and I'm rushing. And in between, uh, you know, show prep, I'm also trying to get the house set up. <laughs> so I'm, uh, the studio is in the house. Uh, so I've got, uh, you know, I've got things going, um, everywhere. Are, is this on? Uh, um, uh, YouTube, you hearing this? Okay. Okay. I guess you are. Um, and hopefully we are on progressive voice and let's see if we're on Facebook today. Cause it, it, we are, Hey, Facebook. And how about, um, uh, and we're on Twitch and Twitter or shitter. So we're firing on all cylinders right now. So today I'm going to talk about the dysfunction in our world. I'm going to talk about um, uh, where we are right now, uh, the, the, the misinformation and the, um, uh, the, the dysfunction in our uh, Congress, number one. <laughs> Did you see the vote today? Yeah. Uh, Jim Jordan got fewer, got fewer votes. There were more Republican defections today than there were yesterday which is interesting. Um, we, we got, uh, uh, let's see. Um, oh, I see what's going on. I'm trying see, I'm hoping that, um, Michael joins us momentarily, uh, Michael, uh, uh, for this announcement, I'll give him a few more minutes. And if he doesn't pop in, I'll tell you what the big news is myself. Um, but, but so here's the scoop. I got to open up my 
phone. Oh, and somebody's calling in. Let's just take a call to get started because uh, we can everywhere. Whoops. Hold on. I got, I got to, I got to, um, kill the audio coming from here so I can take your phone call. Bear with me again. It's new studio and I am, um, where would that be coming from? Not there, not there, not there. Oh, I know what happened. Oh, oh, hold on. I think, no, there, no. We're firing. Okay, we've got audio coming back. Bear, bear with me, because I gotta. In order to bring up a phone call, caller, wh- whoever you are, um, I got. I gotta kill this. Ah, muted, muted. Okay, you're not muted. Okay, it should work now. Uh, the, nope, the, still not working. Muted, muted, muted. You're playing mute. Okay, caller, you still there? Yes. Hi. This is Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan Fredman. Hi. Uh, I would like to say that this whole speakership is very, very bad. In my opinion, Republicans shouldn't get anything because I felt really bad for us. I felt really, I feel really sorry for some people who are right-wingers and Republicans because this should, you guys, this party it used to be, yeah, we used to disagree, but we never used to be like this. It never used to be this bad. Yeah. Well, they, d- like, d- look, Democrats. They go after, like, yeah, Democrats are dysfunctional too. It happens to the best of us. Um, uh, but uh, you're right, Jonathan, not to the degree that the Republicans are dysfunctional. In fact, you know what? While I wait for Michael, and hopefully he'll show up, uh, thanks for calling in, Jonathan. It's always good to hear from you. I'm, I'm trying to work out the bugs, so I'm going to hang up because that that things are just still not right. Um, but as far as the uh, the vote today, let me see. I did I not did I not put them up here? I did not put them up here. Damn it. Um, oh, I did. You know. Uh, my my mind is playing tricks on me. Basically, where's that last one? Mm-mm-mm. Okay, here is the audio when um, uh, of today's the ending of today's second round of votes for the Speaker of the House. The tellers agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is four thirty three, of which the Honorable Jim Jordan of the State of Ohio has received one hundred ninety nine. One ninety nine. The Honorable Hakeem Jeffries of the state of New York has received 212. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that? So Hakeem Jeffries got more votes for speaker than the Republican-led House gave to their nominee for speaker. It happened yesterday, too. Hakeem Jeffries garnered more votes than did Jim Jordan, the Republican nominee for speaker. Um, and today... There were more defections. Yesterday, 20, count them, 20 House Republicans voted um, uh, for someone other than Jim Jeffries to be Speaker. That was yesterday. There were 20. Today, there were 22. So it's going in the wrong direction, Jim. Jim with a G-Y-M. Seriously, this man was the... um, the the member of Congress most closely aligned with the January 6th insurrectionists. And I don't have the audio. Let me see if I can find it real quickly because the best audio ever was of Jim Jordan when he was asked, did you talk to Donald Trump on January 6th? Let me, let me see if I could find it because it's just, it's just too, uh, too good. All right, I have to remember to spell Jim with a J, even though it shouldn't be. Um, can't answer. Oh, did I just find it? Hold on. Uh, hold on. Jim Jordan can't answer. Something came up and then it went away. Um, if he called Trump on Jan 6th. Let's see what, okay, here it is. It was a CNN um, interview, and I, I might even be able to bring up video. Let's see. Let's see how, how tech savvy I can be. I bet there's going to be an ad here first. Of course there is. So let me get through the ad. Um, hopefully it, 
CNN, so they're not going to let me click through after, you know, three seconds. But in the meantime, I can get the picture up on the screen so you can see it. Um, All right, we're almost there. Come on, ads. (laughs) This is why I pulled this stuff ahead of time and don't usually do this live, but, um, you know... Uh, I'm still I'm still getting acclimated. I will I will put it off to that. House okay, here will we vote go. on whether to hold Trump ally Steve Bannon in criminal contempt for defying subpoenas from the January 6th committee about yeah. his role in the insurrection. Republicans telling their members vote no. And that includes Congressman Jim Jordan, Uh-oh. who defended Trump at a contentious hearing, even though he himself may be called as a witness. The reason is that he spoke to Trump on January 6th, except Uh Jim Jordan can't quite seem to get his story straight. Speak with the former president on January 6th. Did you talk to the former president before, during, or after the attack on the Capitol? Of course I've talked to the president. Of course I've talked to the president. I've been clear about that. I talk to him all the time. Of course Uh. I talked to the president. I talked to him that day. I've been clear about that. I don't recall the number of times. Was it before, during, or after? The attack on the I talked to the president after the attack. So not before. He called it an attack. Right. Okay. And you would, uh, and you. I've been clear about that. But he uh, hasn't no, been no, clear about not that really. at all. Jordan seems just as flustered to answer that question now as he was in July when he said he'd look into it. Did you talk to the former president that day? I've talked to the former president umpteen times, thousands. I mean, I mean, thousands, mean on thousands of times. times. I talked to the president. I never mm. talk about what we talk about. because I just don't think that's appropriate. Just like I don't talk about what happens in Republican conferences. Uh-huh. So sure. I've talked to the president numerous times. Uh, I continue to talk to the president. No, no, we are phone buddies. Yes. Uh, I mean, I've talked to the president. Uh, I've talked to the president so many. I can't remember all the days I've talked to him, but I've certainly talked to the president. <laughs> A day later, after having some time to consider it, this is what happened. Humana, 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 humana. Did you speak with President Trump on January 6th? This is the best. Yeah, I mean, I speak, I, I spoke with the president last week. I speak with the president all the time. Mm-hmm. I spoke with him on January mm-hmm. 6th. I mean, I talk with President Trump all the time. And that's, that's, I don't think that's unusual. Uh, I would expect members of Congress to talk with the president of the United States when they're trying to get done the things they told the voters in their district to yeah. do. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of amazed sometimes. Mom, 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 this, mom, mom, of course, I talk to the president. Mom, 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 I talk, mom, like I said, I talked with him last week. <laughs> On January 6th, did you speak with him before, during, or after the Capitol was attacked? Homino, homino. Uh, I'd have to go. I, 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 I spoke with him that day after, I think after. I don't know if I spoke with him in the morning or not. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, I'd have to go back and. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know uh, th- that w- when when those conversations happened. Spit it out, but, Jim. Um, but uh, what I know is I spoke with him all the time. <laughs> and a month later, after having even more time to consider his answer, the infamous "I don't recall" made an appearance twice. "Quote: Look, I definitely spoke to the president that day. I don't recall. I know it was more than once. I just don't sure. recall." Sure. Bullshit. Yeah, that's what that would be. That would be a bullshit answer. Sorry, that would be a bullshit answer. But, you know, it's Jim Jordan we're talking about here. This is, you know, this is opposite world. Who would have ever imagined in a million years that uh, that 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 the Republicans would nominate Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House? The only thing I can say in their defense is that 22 of them said hell no hell no now there is a there is a um a um a a plan being circulated and that is that patrick mchenry who is now the acting speaker in absence of a real speaker um who happens to be a very close kevin mccarthy ally um that he would become interim or, or 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 speaker pro tem and it's not tempore those of you who are um i think pro tem is is don't ask me but i think it's either a a uh um a um oh god i'm trying blank because it's old age and lack of sleep um it's either it's a it's it's not an english word so t-e-m-p-o-r-e is how it's spelled but it's pronounced pro tem and I love hearing all these commentators saying pro tempore. Um, anyway, it's just me being catty, but you know, I'm entitled. <laughs> anyway, they're talking about him being like speaker, permanent 
speaker pro tem just to get through the next year because you know well, you don't know anything. We don't know anything. The, the, the idea of the Republicans being reelected to run the House is just absurd after the way they've done this. But keep in mind, the Republicans have control of the House despite losing the popular vote. Does that sound familiar? It's like a broken record here. More Americans voted for, cast more votes for Democrats in the House than they did for Democrats, uh, than they did for Republicans in the House. But the Republicans control the House. You know why? It's a little word called gerrymandering. And gerrymandering in this case is akin to the Electoral College where it allows the minority to rule. It's Latin. Thank you, Tamara. I thought it was as well for the time being. Latin is the word I couldn't grok. It just wouldn't come into my head. Uh, this is why I count on you guys. You are, you are my producers. I appreciate it. It is Latin. Pro tem. It's pronounced pro tem, not pro tempore. Okay. And someone's going to correct me and say, well, actually, it works either way, which is fine. <laughs> Just, you know, sorry. I'm going to blame it on lack of sleep until, you know, hopefully I start sleeping again. Anyway, um, uh, so, just, so this, they're floating that as a, as a solution, having Patrick McHenry. And by the way, Patrick McHenry is no uh, bed of roses. Howie Klein will be back with us tomorrow. And we'll talk. I'll, I will specifically ask him to educate us about Patrick McHenry, who is not as harmless as you might think when he gets up there with his, was he wearing a bow tie? I don't know. He looked like a bow tie kind of guy to me. Anyway, um, so when Jim Jordan was asked about the idea of a, uh, of a, of a Patrick McHenry pro tem speaker um, I, I thing, to get through this was this was this was Jim Jordan's response. What, what do you think of these calls us? to introduce a resolution to empower McHenry to be the Speaker Pro Tem on a permanent basis? She said Pro Tem. I don't think that's the right way to go. I think we should get a Republican Speaker. Uh, I got ninety percent of the Republicans in the conference supporting me. Would that help buy you more time? No, I, I mean I think we should get a Republican Speaker. I've been very clear about that. You I think that's where the conference is. That's what our rules suggest. So let's get a Republican speaker and get about the people's business. I what, if, what if it was on a... Okay, so that happened. You know what? I realized I didn't, I didn't finish playing the, um, uh, that speaker pro tem, his announcement of the outcome of uh, round two of the voting for speaker. And I think we need to hear it. Yes, and William Allum, you know what? In the chat room says, we don't quite know how original Latin was pronounced. There is a simplified pronunciation, which is used by scientists and lawyers. Okay, thank you. See, I, I, I'll admit when, I, <laughs> when I'm full of shit and I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. And this is one of those times. Okay, um, it, 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 let's see. What, what does uh, Surfer Norm say? Hi, Mods Nicole. And it is pronounced pro tem on the West Coast. <laughs> Okay. All right. But let's go back and listen to the, um, the announcement of the vote because, you know, man, it was just, it, it's humorous, actually. It's humorous for those of us sitting on the sidelines. And it would be really funny if there wasn't so much at stake while the House is paralyzed and can't get jack shit done. The tellers agree in their tallies that the total number of votes cast is 433, mm -hmm. of which... The Honorable Jim Jordan of the state of Ohio has received 199. The Honorable Hakeem Jeffries of the state of New York has received 212. <laughs> but it's a democracy, so majority doesn't rule for whatever reason. Go figure it out. The Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received five. The Honorable Byron Donalds of the state Ugh. of Florida has received one. The Honorable Tom Emmer of the Ugh. state of Minnesota has received one. Uh -huh. Lee Zeldin of the state of New York has received three. Okay. The Honorable Steve Scalise of the state of Louisiana has received seven. That's a lot. The Honorable Mike <laughs> Garcia of the state of California has received one. Okay. 
Candace Miller of the state of Michigan Ooh. has received one. Okay. John Boehner of the state of Ohio has received one. <laughs> John Boehner. Uh, it, it, boner. Just embrace it, buddy. The Honorable Kay Granger of the state of Texas has received one. The <laughs> Honorable Bruce Westerman of the state of Arkansas has received one. No person having received a majority, the whole number of votes cast by surname, a speaker has not been Aww. elected. Oh, what a shame. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah, none of them are honorable. So CNN has some guy. So the funniest thing about this, and we're going to get to the serious stuff in a minute. Believe me, I'm just trying to put off the, the pain for as long as possible. Funniest part of this is they're all blaming the Democrats because the Democrats didn't come to Kevin McCarthy's rescue because the Democrats won't bail out the Republicans. They are allegedly the governing party of the House of Representatives. They have the majority, even if it is only a couple of votes. And if they can't elect a speaker, why should the Democrats help them? But here's this guy. I don't even know who he is. He's a commentator on CNN. His name is Scott Jennings, whoever the hell that is. But I found his take kind of humorous. This Patrick McHenry business is fascinating. He is one of McCarthy's top guys. Yeah. Helped him get the speakership. And yeah. if this whole thing winds up with him as being named assistant to the regional manager, whatever title they're going to give him here, which is not in the Constitution, <laughs> this will be like the biggest circle jerk in the history of circles or jerks. <laughs> I just like that cut that he that he invoked circle jerks. By the way, there's a band called the Circle Jerks. You know, they have a limited audience, but they're a great sort of punkish band. And when I lived in Los Angeles a couple of decades ago, um, my accountant was a member of the Circle Jerks. His name is Keith Clark, and he has an accountant business called H&R Clark. And he takes a break from the band every year at tax time, and he does a lot of Taxes for entertainment, music industry type folks. Just just thought I'd pass that along. When you invoke circle jerks, I got to talk about the circle jerks. You see, I'm trying to delay the inevitable. I'll tell you what, my, um, the, the guest that I was hoping to join me for this important announcement is not here, but I'm going to give him time to get here. Um, I'm going to make a little... Uh, I'm going to take a little break, actually. I'm not going to play any commercials because... You guys don't don't um, seem to um, really patronize my sponsors. And why take up the airtime if you're not going to see the way most of these spots work is I don't get paid for airing the commercials. I get paid if you buy their products. So if you don't buy their products, it, it you know doesn't help me. So if you do, on the replays on the podcast, you'll hear commercials because I don't charge for the podcast. Um, this is a show that runs uh, sort of like public radio. I do not have a, uh, a, a paywall. I will not have a paywall. Um, I survive based on your generosity, your contributions to support my work. Or when I do run commercials, if you purchase the products and I get a little bit of a commission is, is sort of how it works. Um, uh, so, you know, that's why the people, you know, YouTubers are bitching that commercials show up occasionally. I think I have it set to break in every 24 minutes, which really is twice in an hour. So it's not much. But um, you know what? If you're not going to support the show, I've, I've got to earn an income somehow. And believe me, moving is really fucking expensive. So I could use your help. Um, you can do a monthly donation. Uh, you could do a one-time donation. You could do it through uh, buy me a coffee. You could do it through PayPal. You could do it through Stripe. You could do it through Patreon. There are a number of ways to do it. I just hope you will if you enjoy the show and you can afford it. If you can't afford it, don't worry about it. I'm talking to the people who can't afford it and don't. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, I, I you know, we were off the air. I, I, I use the royal we, don't I? It's the purple. Um, but uh, while I was off the air, uh, oh, thank you, Spook233. See, and also YouTube has a um, super chat thing. And you, there's, you can donate through that as well. I appreciate it. You know what? I, I, I truly truly 
appreciate it. I know that everybody, we all work hard for the money to borrow from another song. Um, and uh, I, I really appreciate your support. Um, it, it's what allows me to do this. Now, the, uh, the announcement that I have relates to this, but you're going to have to wait a little longer. Oh, okay. Whoops. Who's calling? Let's see. Oh, it's Spocko calling again. All right. Um, let's, uh, hey, Spocko, what's up? Yo, Spocko. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, there you are. Okay. Hi. Hello. You sound a little frizzy on my end. I don't know. Do I sound okay? No, you sound fine. Excellent. Well, I just thought I would give you a call for some good news until your guest comes. Let okay. Let me know. So yeah. I'll get well, off. I, I was going to play something else, but you can, you can talk to me until I can get that set up. Okay. So uh, good news, of course, is the, uh, the Trump got the gag order. And today's funny business about this, the lawyer, John Lauro, Trump's lawyer, um, his appeal of the gag order was flagged by the D.C. Uh, uh, circuit because he's not a member of that particular bar. So oh. you have to be a member of the D.C. circuit bar in order to do an appeal. So, uh, ha ha. Yet another incompetency. Oh, you know, it's one after another. This guy just, you know, what I was going to do, I, I pulled some audio of Joe Biden speaking in Israel. And he's perfectly lucid and he's perfectly sane. And this is an 80-something-year-old man who took a flight into the war, a war zone, an active war zone right. to try to broker peace. And everything blew up, uh, not just metaphorically, but literally in in the middle. And, um, uh, you know, I don't want to hear anyone talk about him as being um, mentally uh, unable to do the duties of the job. Have you heard Donald Trump speak recently? <laughs> what I didn't do was pull Trump audio, which I would have if I had my extra three hours to prepare the show, um, and play them side by side. There's no contest. It is just more bullshit coming from people spewing their shit on the media and other idiots echoing it without knowing what the fuck they're talking about. Right. He's uh, slurring his speech. And um, I think that one of the things that I uh, very important is that people know that this incompetency that, you know, that Trump's lawyers, people always giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're always looking for a way to help him out with like, well, you know, he didn't actually say something that violated the most recent gag order, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized that that's part of the lawyer experts when they come on TV. That's what they do. They want to be able to have the yes, but and the well, yes, you know, but. that we believe in the First Amendment. One of the things that I'm saying for our, you know, your listeners, and I'm also talking to, you know, Glenn Kirshner prosecutors about this is talk about who the victims are. Trump's victims, yep. all the people who he's threatening, all the justice that he is um, obstructing. That's what we can focus on instead of always trying to figure out, well, here's how he's going to wiggle out of this. Say, prepare for him wiggling out, such as John Lawyer's people screwing up the appeal. It's not going to go through. And here's what happens next. That's what I want to the message is focus on the victims. Visualize Trump in jail. It will happen. Right. I, 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 visualization does work. I, I truly, I truly believe it. Um, uh, it, it. That's a look. I don't believe in God, but I do believe in the power of the power of positive thinking. I believe in intentions. I believe in. Uh, this is going to make me sound I, I, wacky, I but you know I'm on the West Coast is, again. But I believe in vision boards. <laughs> I'm telling you, back in the day. Before I got a job on Air America, um, and I was doing fill-in work at Air America, I made a vision board, and I put up a thing, the Nicole Sandler show on Air America. I made a whole thing, and I put it up on a board, and sure enough, I got my own show on Air America. Now, I haven't done it lately. I guess I should, but I also made this. You know what? It's right here. Hold on. I'm going to show you. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll get a treat. In my art job. You know, 
In my, those of in, you listening, in my art, Nicole is looking. Right. No, I just had to pick something up from across the room because nothing's hung up yet. But in my art and arts and crafts stuff, I made a like a coat rack some months ago. And most of my stuff when I'm doing this kind of stuff is like of the ocean, you know, ocean, sunrise, sunset, beach stuff, because it's easy. One and two, that's what I knew. But for some reason, I made this little coat thing of a very Southwestern um, motif. So you see the three mirrors. I got to figure out how to go backwards with the camera because it's uh, the other way. So there's mountains, there's a sunrise, and there's um, a desert with cactus. You can't really see it well, but... Um, and now I'm living in Arizona. So I, I think this shit has a, I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm overtired. Uh, so yeah, that. Well, the, the thing in, in the visualizations thing that people are saying, what I'm saying is this is a message. This is a proactive message that we're saying. When I bring this up, people, the first thing they'll say, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And it's like going, okay, but you need to then you visualize it, and then you work through all the roadblocks. And right. what I said to Glenn Kirshner is that the lawyer experts need to keep educating the general public and the media because the media keeps framing it in this way that always focuses on the First Amendment or whatever, when it's really a different case. And we have to acknowledge that this is a separate type of case who he is and the education thing, it just keeps going through and it keeps moving closer and closer. And I realize that it's people on our side who I continue to hear is like, well, you know, I believe in free speech. What you want to look for is saying, do you believe in the rule of law? Yes. And do you believe that this is a lawful process that Trump as a uh, a criminal defendant in a felony case, four felony cases, his rights are already diminished and the rule of law makes it very clear that what he has to say isn't necessary. And I read, actually I read, I was going to bring it on, but I read the actual order from the judge and there are very specific things he can't say, but there are things that he can. And what I expect what's going to happen next, there's going to be people, people who are, what they'll do is they'll instantly parse it. They'll say, well, he didn't call out the judge's clerk. So it's okay. And that's what Trump will do. But we realize now that Jack Smith and the various different people in the prosecution, they have laid out and shown and prepared the specific steps that will include that means his history of violating it. So when it comes next, it's going to be Trump going in front of the judge. And, and Glenn explains a specific process where she basically says, the keys to the jail cell are in your hand. You have been able to run for office without attacking the clerk. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. But she's given him the ability to keep lying giving about the, uh, about the election. She's given the ability to attack the government. But there are cases specifically that he can't. And I think that this is important because – it really needs for people to say, you understand he's, he wants to do this so he can take the Supreme Court, etc. But that's okay. And we need to just keep saying, focus on the rule of law. But also, from our point of view, is realize the, the PR side of it, the public side of it. You know, it's still not okay to threaten people and these other things, even if he um, gets away from it. So that's the part. I mean, we always default to the legal side because, well, we, we got to get this. You know what? Spocko, people come yeah. up for air. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, no problem. And hey, um, please, uh, you know, I, I reached out to Glenn a couple of years ago already. And he said, yeah, he'd love to come on my show. And then uh, a couple of times I asked and he didn't respond. So I just dropped it. But you tell him you should come back on my show. He should not back. He should come on my show. Will do. All right. I appreciate it. OK, I'm going to move on. Um okay. <laughs> Thanks, Spocko. Always good to hear from you. And I, I really appreciate your, your help both on and off the air. Bye. Bye. Uh, that's our friend Spocko, everybody. By the way, you can read Spocko because he is a contributor over at Digby's blog, which, you know, Digby's one of my favorite people. Um, digbysblog.net is where you can find Digby's hullabaloo these days and, and Spocko. 
along with a few other people who will have to get on here. I was going to play, a, you know, a, a little parody song sort of as a palate cleanser in between the two segments of the show. Um, and I still think I should, but I may need it more afterwards to lighten the, the, the load a little bit. Because where we are is a pretty precarious place. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that a hospital in Gaza was bombed. There was an explosion there. Hamas came out and announced that it was an Israeli bomb incoming that targeted this hospital and killed upwards of 500 uh, people, innocent people. Um, you know, and what I was cautioning against yesterday was talking out your ass before you have the facts. This happens every time there's a mass shooting. Right? We hear we hear all these things about the shooter that turn out to be completely false because irresponsible so-called journalists don't wait until they have the facts. And that's what happened yesterday. So and and it, it and it was a pretty wide range of of um, uh, uh, pundits and so-called journalists who ran with what Hamas said before waiting for even a response from Israel. Well, it turns out that today, uh, U.S. intelligence is saying, no, what we had heard yesterday, what I read to you from, I don't know what, National Review or whatever whatever site it was, um is actually what happened. There is, there are, uh, besides Hamas, there are smaller terrorist groups operating inside of Gaza. By the way, they like to use their own Palestinian citizens as human shields. So they have no regard for the lives of the people who live among them, the lives of the people they say they're trying to protect. They're not. They are using them as tar- they set up their military headquarters inside of hospitals and schools and residential areas. Now, I also know that the Gaza Strip is tiny and it is an open air jail. And I have no nothing but criticism of Israel for that. But criticize Israel for the things that they do that they deserve criticism for. Not for shit that they didn't do. And it's more and more, it's growing more and more apparent every day or every day by by the hour that this was a fuck up by one of these other militant terrorist groups within Gaza. And so President Biden uh, was on a plane today coming home. I'm going to play you a little bit of audio here. He's on his way back from Israel. The, the, the summit with, in Jordan got canceled because uh, the queen of Jordan is Palestinian. And she's like, the Israelis did this. They bombed the hospital instead of waiting. Much like Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who didn't wait for the facts. She just spewed her venom. I used to support Rashida Tlaib no longer. Anyway, here's a segment with um, from from today, and I'll I'll break into it. I'm sure in 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 midstream because you know me, I always have to comment on everything. Um, so it was Nicole Wallace's show on MSNBC. She had on with her Jeremy Bash, who used to be chief of staff of the CIA. But they started with a segment of President Biden on the plane. Um, answering questions. Mr. President, I'm at the hospital, Mr. sir. People all over the region um, are upset about the hospital and don't necessarily believe uh, you or the Israelis that they didn't have anything to do with it. Do you have a message to the people in the streets right now? Well, I can understand why in this circumstance they wouldn't believe. I can understand that. And, uh, but uh, I would not, you notice I don't say things like that unless I have faith in the source from which I've gotten it. Our Defense Department says it's highly unlikely 
and it was railways, but if it had a, a different footprint, and they've intercepted some. Anyway, yeah. and uh, so that's why, if you notice, I didn't say it at first. You didn't say I, it at first. Know, I wanted to make sure that I knew. And look, and I'm not suggesting that Hamas deliberately did it either. Right. That's that old thing. Got to know how to shoot straight. Uh, you know, and. Uh, and it's not the first time Hamas has launched something that didn't function. No, it isn't. So I, I don't know all the detail, but I do know the people at the Defense Department who I respect, and the intelligence community that I respect. It is highly improbable that Israel did that. Think it. Intelligence com- the, the intelligence community and the Department of Defense, uh, their airplane noise, think it's highly improbable that Israel did this. Israelis um, operating within the rules of war that you talked about last week being so important. Good talk. Okay. Now, that was Peter Baker of the New York Times, who obviously is not paying attention to the news that transpired over the the hours leading up to this Q&A on Air Force One with the president. And his response to him was exactly what Peter Baker deserved. Peter Baker, do your fucking job. And now here's uh, Nicole Wallace and Jeremy Bash. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I mean, I... <laughs> Exactly what we're talking about. Peter Baker from the New York Times there. Obviously not watching uh, the top of the 4 p.m. program here in in the States asking this question um, about the skepticism that the people on the street protesting have about the intelligence produced by U.S. and Israeli intelligence agencies. It's something that um, that that good journalists are are grappling with, but that people um, took at face value and and now are... um, riding outside of U.S. and Israeli embassies. Yeah, well, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets its boots on. And so what we're, we're seeing here in real time is that it took a moment for, for the U.S. to analyze the facts. But as the president of the United States just said, he has full confidence in his Defense Department, in his intelligence community, and they have briefed him that, in fact, it was highly unlikely that this came from Israel and that, as he said, Hamas is ultimately responsible. Now, he's not saying that Hamas directly targeted a hospital, although I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put it past him, given what they've what their record is and the, their use of human shields. But even assuming that it was an errant missile fired at Israel that went off course or that failed, I think the, the right thing for journalists to do is basically say this was an Islamic Jihad missile based on all the evidence. Based on all the evidence we have now, Islamic Jihad killed hundreds of Palestinians, if that's in fact you know, what the facts on the ground bear out. And that's what the United States is saying. And, and I think it's incredibly impactful that the president is showing moral courage. He is showing real moral courage. He's bucking a major uh, narrative line that has taken hold in the Arab world. Taken hold saying, in the world. That's not true. Now, I understand why you're upset if you were to believe that, but that was an erroneous belief. And it's now time to, for cooler heads to prevail. And let's get back to the issue at hand, which is how do we collectively deter Iran, come together to support the Palestinian people in Gaza with humanitarian assistance and fundamentally stand behind Israel as they work to destroy Hamas. You see, now I'm reading the, the, the um, comments in the chat room. Karina says maybe there should be a third party to do the analysis, say Venezuela. Venezuela? How about the U.N.? How about the U.N. sends in a a, a neutral team to examine the ashes of the hospital? There there will be um, uh, remnants from whatever it was that caused the explosion, and it will be easy to determine from whence this travesty came. Now, there's also... Drone footage everywhere. Everybody's surveilling everyone. You know there's video of this. Appoint a neutral commission to go in and figure out who's responsible for this. And whoever it is should be held accountable. My whole thing is, I'm not saying Israel's innocent. Believe me, Israel's far from innocent over the last 20 years. What I am saying is wait for the facts before you place blame. If there's any question whatsoever, and this is such a heinous 
crime. We know it was Hamas who went into Israel, who massacred 260 kids at a music rave, who rounded hundreds up and took them hostage. We know that was Hamas. We know it was Hamas who went to kibbutzes around Israel and went door to door and summarily executed families, entire families. Where's the outrage? We know that was Hamas. So don't talk to me about Israel's the evil one. They both have their share of blood on their hands. Hamas and the other terrorist factions that operate within that open-air prison. How do you think they were able to get all these rockets? How do you think they were able to build, sorry about the shaking, build all those tunnels underneath Gaza by hijacking the relief supplies that came through And so it it was supposed to go to the people that needed it. Instead, they took it all and used it to create their, you know, terrorist network. And yes, Hamas was elected, allegedly democratically, but, you know, who knows? And there hasn't been an election since. And that was over 20 years ago. The Hague should be there, of course. Some independent, neutral arbiter. Don't take, don't take Israel's word for it, but certainly don't take the word of Hamas for it. They are a terrorist organization. Here's um, actually one of the best segments I saw on it, and I can't believe I'm saying it because I'm not a Dan Abrams fan. I'm not a Dan Abrams fan. But this was Dan Abrams on what's transpired over the last, 24 to 36 hours. Breaking tonight, there was a horrible explosion at a hospital in Gaza where it appears families were taking shelter. Now, initial reports from Hamas, from Hamas, put the death toll at 500 people, which would make it one of the deadliest airstrikes in a decade and a half. But as news of the explosion broke, there was a disturbing rush to judgment by mainstream news outlets, including the AP, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, all immediately taking a statement by the Hamas terrorist-run health ministry in the Gaza Strip, putting the blame squarely on an Israeli airstrike. And rather than take time to let the Israelis investigate or respond, this is some of what we saw. This is developing right now as we speak, but the Palestinian health ministry is saying a hospital in Gaza City in the northern end of Gaza has taken a direct hit from an Israeli airstrike. The Palestinian health ministry says at least 200 people were killed by an Israeli airstrike. Israel is not confirming that this was a strike by its military. Was this, in fact, an Israeli airstrike? And, of course, it looks like that was really the case. Let's go to a major major story developing right now in Gaza, what the Palestinian government is calling a war crime. The government in Gaza says the Israeli Defense Forces uh, struck a hospital in the center of Gaza City, Al-Ali Baptist Hospital. Preliminary estimates from the government in Gaza put the number of killed in the strike somewhere between two and three hundred they're all treating the health ministry as if it's like a legitimate source. This is Hamas. The headlines from major media outlets repeating the report that hundreds were killed by Israel. Look, it never quite made sense that Israel, as it pauses its incursion into Gaza to make sure it has international support, would strike a hospital of all places. And late today, the IDF and the Israeli prime minister outright denied Israel was behind it. What I can say is that we have analyzed various sources of intelligence and systems. And the information that we have, which has been confirmed by the highest levels in the IDF, is the following. We are aware of a barrage of rockets that was fired by terrorists from Gaza towards Israel and that passed in close proximity to that hospital in Gaza at the time that it was hit. The intelligence that we have from multiple sources is 
it indicates that the Islamic Jihad, another terrorist organization in Gaza, is responsible for a failed rocket launch that struck the hospital in Gaza. We did not strike that hospital. Israel's ambassador to the UN even releasing video that shows what it says is an Al Jazeera broadcast that captured the moment that the rocket misfired. Look, Hamas intentionally kills, kidnaps, and lies. Yes, they that do. That does not mean that we should accept Israel's word no. at face value. Not at all. In a situation like this. We not shouldn't. at all. But based on all the circumstances, the fact that Israel's going to say that it can provide video, the circumstances I talked about, about the motivations, at the least the media should be much more skeptical than they have been of these accounts from Hamas. Joining me now, Leland Vittert, host of On Balance okay. with Leland so, Vittert. Um, I, I can many- play that for you, but I'm not going to now because he's just a, a talk show host and I don't give a shit what he says. Um, uh, there's a little drama going on here and I want an answer. So we have, you know, our YouTube chat room, I love. I consider everybody, everybody in there a friend and sometimes friends disagree. But Suzanne, a few minutes ago, said, um, uh, this is genocide. She said, hold on. Uh, um, okay, I missed something. She said, it's genocide. And I said, what's genocide, Suzanne? Please explain. I want an answer. Okay, and I missed your answer. She said, targeting the Jewish people is not good in my opinion, Nicole. I feel for them. Suzanne, I apologize. I, obviously, I'm trying to do a show, and I missed your original answer. Um, because, and the reason I got, and I'm sorry, I don't want you to cry. I, I apologize. 100%, I missed your response saying the targeting of the Jewish people. Because there are people out there saying that what the Israelis are doing is genocide against Palestinians. And that couldn't be further from the truth. That's not what this is. And again, I caution everybody, don't place blame until you have the facts. And we do this again and again and again, and it happens with every single mass shooting out there. And there are way too many of them, as you know. Um, And uh, it's just, it's, there are people say, oh, and I lost, oh, shoot, Michael was here and he's gone now. Okay, well, Michael, I I apologize. Oh, are you back? There he is. Michael, I'm going to be with you in one second. Hold on, I don't have you up yet. Um, Bear with, uh, he was there? (laughs) Oh, I see what's going on because it's when I talk, it comes on. I'm I'm still setting up my studio, Michael. I I so apologize. Hold on. I'm going to get you. I've been saying that I have somebody coming in to, uh, to join me to make a big announcement. Um, this is day two in my new studio, which is still not fully set up. I need to just add me to this shot. Give me one second. And um, we do have, I do have a, a big, and, and I lost my shot to, boy, what, what is going on here? Oh, I see. I'm on the wrong camera. Everything is uh, kind of foobar at the moment. Hold on one second. And I'll fix my shot and I'm going to bring in Michael in one second. Maybe I just do it like this. No, I don't do it like that. Um, I think in this new thing, I, I won't be doing video. So that'll be a good thing because I, then I don't have to have these problems. Um, um, one more second and it'll work. It'll work like this. I know it will. So if I bring this on, I'm going to move me over here and... Uh, and do that. And welcome to the program. <laughs> See, I get it. I get it occasionally. Uh, eventually, Michael Novick. He's the. Uh, are you the acting GM or the interim GM? Interim, interim general manager of KPFK ninety point seven FM in Los Angeles, uh, ninety eight point seven in Santa Barbara, et cetera, et cetera. Worldwide, KPFK.org. Um, and uh, just happy to be here with you. I didn't realize this was going to be a, a, a broadcast Zoom. So I, I oh, yeah. Just, no, we're but, live. This is my regular show. This is the show I do okay. weekdays um, from 5 to 6 Eastern, 2 to 3 Pacific. And I'm so glad you've joined me for this because, you know, my listeners know that um, I spent, uh, oh, there's the KPFK radio logo on his shirt. I spent um, uh, 15 years Uh, on the air in Los Angeles back from 1987 to 2001. My math may be a little off, but yeah, thereabouts. And um, 
I still consider LA my home. That's where my friends are. That's where my, the bulk of the best years of my career were. And uh, frankly, we moved to Arizona. <laughs> One reason for, them, for me is that it's closer to California and it's, it's a car trip instead of a 3000 mile airplane ride. Um, so mm-hmm. I can visit again, but you, you made it even better for me. Because uh, the big announcement. Oh, do, wait, I have a drum roll. Hold on. I do. I have a drum roll. Uh, the big news is I will be returning to the airwaves in Los Angeles beginning Friday, November 17th at 5 p.m. Pacific. So it'll be 8 Eastern um, worldwide at kpfk.org. And if you're in the L.A. or California area, you'll hear it on the radio itself. I'm hosting the Nicole Sandler show weekly five at 5 p.m. on Fridays. I, I can't tell you how excited I am. First of all, to be part of KPFK. Those who don't know the history of KPFK, um, do a little background. It's Pacifica Radio. Sure. It's like the oldest radio group in the country. And KPFK has the strongest signal west of the Mississippi. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, KPFA basically invented uh, listener-sponsored non-commercial educational uh, radio that was not, you know, put up by some church or other organization. And it was founded by uh, a group of pacifists, actually, at the end of after World War II, at the beginning of the Cold War era, uh, trying to deal with what later became known as the uh, uh, vast wasteland of <laughs> broadcasting. And uh, and so it, it's always been committed to uh, you know diversity of viewpoints, freedom of speech, uh, you know lots of different cultural expression. So uh, KPFK was the second station uh, created here in Los Angeles in 1959. Uh, As and, was I. Uh, okay, I was created in 1959, <laughs> so I love the right, logo. <laughs> so uh, uh, turning 65, we are. Mm. And, uh, um. You know, it's a very eclectic station. We have health and spirituality programming. We have a lot of public affairs. We have a local evening newscast we've been doing for about a year now. Again, after a long time, of just picking up the news from elsewhere. Uh, you know, we have um, uh, overnight uh, something's happening program with a lot of, uh, you know, very eclectic mix. We have music of all kinds, very every genre imaginable. And... Uh, uh, so we're, we're looking to, to you for, I think we were calling it Fridays at five. With Nicole. Yeah, right? I thought yeah. we were, but then uh, Marlena asked, can we just call it the oh. Nicole Sandler show? Okay. So all right, that's fine. It'll be in the Nicole Sandler show Fridays at five on KPFK. Okay. There we go. <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, it so will be, be live. I will be doing mm-hmm. a live show. Um, we'll be able to take phone calls. Um, and, and I'm, I'm so excited about it. And it'll be very similar to this format, except no cursing. You know, That's because right. I understand you have to be very careful about the FCC regulations. I, I, you know, I worked within the FCC rules and regulations for 40 some odd years. I get it. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, yeah. working online exclusively gave me the freedom to be able to talk sure. the way I talk in real life. And I've got a potty mouth. But I know yeah. how I know how to not do that on the air. Yeah. You know, I said shit on the air once one time. And it was it was Michael McKeon's fault. Yeah. You know, the actor who well, we do have, we, we, we have a 10 second delay. So <laughs> if, I slip. It, if it flips out again, the board app will catch it before it cool. goes over the airwaves. Uh, but yeah, we have to be very careful because uh, frankly, uh, uh, Pacifica stations have a target on their back because the right wing in particular and other forces too just, you know, hate uh, the, the array, array of viewpoints. I mean, we have uh, libertarians, uh, you know, we have a, uh, the anti-war, what is it? Uh, anti-war yeah, radio, radio, Scott Horton, right? From, uh, Scott Horton, mm-hmm. who's a you know, kind of right-wing libertarian. But we have that on. We had we had uh, Blaise Bonpain. We have Chris Hedges. You know, many many different voices, and uh, you know, people don't always like that diversity from anywhere. And in particular, I think uh, you know some of the state security forces would like to see Pacifica disappear. So we have to be cautious about. You know, following all the rules. Protect the license at all costs. I understand Mm -hmm, that. Yes. 
yeah, so I'm getting some questions from the uh, the, the the gallery on, on YouTube. Uh, does KPFK have streaming available? Yes, kpfk.org. You can listen right now right. and you'll be able to yeah. listen then. Somebody asked if um, the show will be available on other Pacifica stations, and that's up to the other Pacifica stations. We'll make it available. And once they hear a few episodes, they can decide to pick it up or not, right? Yeah, uh, Pacifica has a, a you know kind of a content service called uh, Audioport, uh, similar to, uh, you know like what PRX is for NPR stations, and so there are about two hundred affiliated uh, uh, you know college, community, low power, other FM stations around the country that do pick up content, and uh, we have a program, for example, uh, it was originally called COVID Race and Democracy, now Capitalism Race and Democracy that. Uh, you know, it was put together basically with contributions from all this, the Pacifica stations and some of the affiliates that got carried. We approached uh, uh, the people who do the Gray Zone podcast, uh, uh, Max Blumenthal and... Uh, right, uh, through Vox, right? Uh, and asked them to do a radio version, so they do edit now into a one hour, and that, that was put up in audio port and is being picked up. Same thing with Chris Hedges, it is available on audio port, and, you know, a number of stations pick it up and carry it. Awesome. Um, We're about to lose progressive voices because this show is heard uh, live weekdays at five Eastern two Pacific on the progressive voices network. And we lose them at six. And I think six Eastern just happened. So they're gone. And now we go into overtime sometimes, but the the show that I'm going to be doing for KPFK will be specifically for KPFK. I may re-air it on this program, perhaps on Mondays, um, to, you know, to spread the word and let people know it's there and to give me a little break. But we'll, we'll figure all that out as we go. So the target launch date will be November 17th. Yeah, we're looking at the third week. Right now we're in a, in a non-air membership drive. We didn't want to do too many changes to, to our program. We were right in the middle of that, although we did introduce a couple of new programs. But we're looking in in uh, mid November to uh, make a, you know, a bunch of changes, and uh, this is one of them. I, I'm yeah, so excited. I do invite people to you know check us out kpfk.org, and uh, there's an archive of material. Uh, the Pacific Radio Archives also exists here in the same building with us, and uh, you know you can check them out. Also, it's uh, pacificradioarchives.org. Right. And, uh, and, you know, my dear friend, one of my closest friends, actually, one of my best friends is Brad Friedman, who hosts the broadcast. And he's on KPFK Mondays at three Pacific. Um, And uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been on KPFK because I've guest hosted Brad's show a number of times, not recently, but uh, many, many times in the past. So I'm familiar with the, uh, we we do have, so he's on the rest of the week kind of as a podcast on our archives. If you go to kbfk.org and where it says programs and you click, there's a drop down for the archive. And if if you look, you can search for the broadcast and you'll see that it's on the air one day, but it's on the uh, archive uh, the other four days as a podcast. Oh, very cool. Well, I, I can also make the show available to you if, if it works. I don't, if it's not on the air, I don't know if, if, you know, the language thing, we'll talk off the air and figure it out, yeah. whatever, whatever mm-hmm. makes sure. sense and works and doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, Sounds good. I'm I'm thrilled. I I thank you so much for uh, bringing me back to the LA airwaves. I I promise to do a thoughtful, entertaining, um, uh, interactive show. I I, I think we're going to do something like nobody's doing on the air. Uh, I hope, and I and I hope people love it. Okay, terrific. Thank you. Appreciate thank you so much, Michael. Michael Novick, interim. General, yeah, uh, just uh, I'll put in the plug for the station again, kpfk.org. If you click on donate, you can help sustain the station because we, we do need listen support. It's non-commercial and we take no corporate underwriting whatsoever. So it's a little bit different from NPR. Exactly. <laughs> it's how I work too. Thank you so much, Michael. I look forward sure. to working with you and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, now that's how to end a show. <laughs> I've, I've been holding on to this good news for a little while now. I'm thrilled to be able to share it with you. Um, so I'm about a month away. Happy to take suggestions for any guests you think I should have. Uh, trying to figure out how to start. How to, I have not been on the air uh, at, uh, on doing my own show in Los Angeles since... Um, world-class rock, well, since Channel 103.1 went off the air back in, in 2001 
or 2000, was it? Whatever. It's over 20 years ago. So uh, it's a long awaited return for me and hopefully I'll be welcomed back. But uh, that's my that's my news. Thank you all. Again, big apologies to Suzanne for missing her response the first time. Um, Again, and I just realized I'm not recording this. Damn it. So the podcast will not go up immediately because uh, my recording thing is not set up right. But we'll get get there. We will get there. Um, uh, Thank you all for listening. Thanks for the support. Uh, Tomorrow is, um, well, Air America is long gone. I guess I was on the air during the Air America days. You're right. I was on the air in Los Angeles during Air America. So that was 2009. It's still been a long time. Um, okay. So with that, uh, I'm going to sign off. Tomorrow's Thursday. So Howie Klein will be here again. I'm, I will write to him tonight and ask him for a bit of a primer on Patrick McHenry. So you know who we're dealing with. So you don't listen to the media narrative, which is not always correct, as we've learned. Um and uh, Mark Marin is a guest. Yeah, good luck. He, he's not very accessible. I'd love to get Mark Marin as a guest, um, but he hasn't been accessible to me. But I'll try. You never know. Um, and what else? What else was I going to say? Uh, oh, and on Friday, Marcy Wheeler will be back. So we'll do. And my friend Eva's calling me because she knows she knows I she knows I'm uh, off the air at six. Eastern, and I'm not right now. So I'm going to go. Yes, I will still do. But this will not change at all. Hold on one second. Hold on. Eva, hold on one second. I'm just wrapping up my show. I went over a little bit today. But hold on, but just hold on because I'm just finishing. And then I saw you called. So, so yes, Howie Klein tomorrow, uh, Marcy Wheeler Friday. The new show on KPFK begins right now, as of now, uh, November 17th. Okay. And um, yes, Howie tomorrow. So I'll talk to you then. Thank you, everybody. Um, (laughs) We'll get there one day at a time, I suppose. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.